Welcome to Rumike Talks podcast. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. This is a space where I interview professionals from the entertainment industry and discuss popular film-related topics with my co-host and producing partner, Romana Dinevska. Our goal is to help and motivate aspiring filmmakers to get their films made. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the Rumike Talks podcast, episode number 38. Today, we have a guest, Michael Franklin. He is an American actor and documentary producer who has also starred in Dutch productions. He is known for acting in TV shows like Truth Be Told, Euphoria and Atypical. His works frequently address the topics of activism for African-American youth. Please welcome Michael Franklin. Hi, Michael. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Um, um, I hope I don't sound too nasally because I feel like something is a little congested because how cold it's been in L.A. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. It was yeah. for sure. Yeah. Let's just dive in. What moment inspired you to enter the film world or TV world? If I could think back, it's the weirdest thing. It would be more of a cartoon. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge X Men fan, mm. and like the animated series of X Men, I've always like had this like imagination. Like I would love to be something like that <laughs> with powers and everything. As I've like gotten older, I can I can play an X Men. I can play a Marvel character. I can I can play that. So I think that inspiration comes back from way back when. Like, it inspired me to want to live in a fantasy life. And, you know, with one of the things in acting, you're able to imagine and create and do things that we as normal human beings aren't able to. Are there any uh, particular uh, characters that um, you were inspired by uh, that you love? Blue Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Marvel. He's black. He looks like me. He's muscular. He has supersonic powers. Uh, he can fly. He almost can do anything. So Blue Marvel. Um, if I would say another one that everybody knows, probably Storm, but mm -hmm. she's a female. They turn Storm into a male. Great. Yeah. Well, you never know. There's always spinoffs and spinoffs of spinoffs. <laughs> that is true. Gender yeah. benders. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Do you remember like a moment where you were exposed for the first time to being on set on the movie set or TV TV set? for that matter. Oh, wow. Yes. Years ago, my friend was doing extra work in San Francisco mm -hmm. and I'm from Oakland. So my friend asked me, he's like, Hey, I'm working on this movie. And back then I was like, you're working on a movie. He's like, yeah, we're going to be able to stand in the movie and we could be seen. I was like, Oh, I want to do it. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna see if I can ask my friend to get you in. And I guess he ended up asking the background casting director. Now I know it's a background casting director. But ask that person, and they say yes. So when I got the set, it was, um, I've never seen the movie. It's called To Goldstein on Acid. And I'm an extra in it somewhere. But that was my first time ever being on anybody's set, any experience in the movie industry. Wow. Yeah. There is this um, the show that I've been actually watching recently, Truth Be Told. I think it takes place in uh, Auckland area, right? Yes. yes yeah, yes, and, yes, yes. and you've yes. been in it playing young Shreve, right? Yes, yes, yes. How was that experience? Oh, wow. Um, 
I love that family over there. They're some great, like, artistic people. Um, the captain, Octavia Spencer. Uh, we have Ron Cephas Jones, who I play a younger version of. And just a host of cast members. Aaron Paul, Kate Hudson. Uh, this year, we have Gabrielle Union. So, mm -hmm. for me, the experience just to be able to be around these greats is like, wow, hey, especially Octavia's sister. Like, a funny moment with Octavia, I was telling my friend a while back, is I had got the set for the first day for Truth Be Told, and uh, I was a little nervous. I knew I was ready to do my job, but I was a little nervous. And it's this thing that black people do when I look at you and you look at me, and we, like, kind of make a subtle agreement, like, yeah, hi, how are you, hey. But it's, it's <laughs> nonverbal. So I'm uh -huh. a little nervous. I'm coming out of the uh, the tent, and I'm like, okay, where do I go next? And Octavia Spencer and her whole camp is, like, rushing my way. And I'm, I'm kind of in the way, but she's rushing my way. And I was like... You know, like trying to straighten up a little bit, and I look, <laughs> I look at her, <laughs> uh, I look at her, she look at me, and we make the subtle agreement. And I was like, it was, but her, her, her nonverbal action was more like, "Hey, baby," and I was like, <laughs> "Hey," <laughs> and then she took off, and, and and I just felt better. That was one of the like craziest, wonderful moments I've ever had. And truth be told. That's amazing. Did you did you get a chance to um, watch watch her perform live on set? Uh, okay, so maybe I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but uh. yeah, <laughs> I did. So the thing about uh, the show is I'm the younger version of her father, mm -hmm. so I'm always in her flashbacks. But mm -hmm. our sets are sometimes like right next to each other, or mm. in the same area of space so um i was getting ready for my performance and they were already working on her performance in the other room so i should have been more focused on what i was doing but i literally had an easy day that day <laughs> so <laughs> i walked over and i was watching her perform i can't say what section she was performing mm -hmm. but she was killing it and she's she's such a professional she's so like uh in the moment but it's crafted in a way where you you just kind of get involved so i was sitting there watching like wow she's killing it <laughs> okay okay back to my set let me go get ready for work <laughs> nice so how was it was it for you to getting actually to be in the show when did it start was it like you're sitting on a sofa and then you get a call from your agent or how did it happen it's a weird story around it so mm. uh the the easy part of the story uh, I was sitting there, I got an audition, it comes through an email, because I have an agent and a manager. So my agent sent me an email, audition, it was vague, it didn't say anything about Octavia Spencer, it didn't say anything about Apple, it didn't say anything. It was mm, just, mm -hmm. hey, play a younger version of this actor. And <laughs> I was like, a younger version of this actor? Oh my God. <laughs> like me personally, I was like, okay, what is this going to be? Because how many times do you run into actors that look like you, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I read it, I study it. And I was like, I'm just going to work on it because I want to make a good impression on the cast director. 
So I was like, let me just do my job. Let me do my work. Let me break it down and see. And I'm looking at it, looking at it. And I started to get really excited about the character. I was like, oh, this could be really, really good. Now, usually you do as most research as possible for any character. And what I, if I would have started off just uh, looking up who Ron Cephas Jones is, like I know his work by his face, but I didn't put a name to the face. Mm-hmm. So if I would have looked up his name and said, oh, I know that guy because that guy looks like me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so right when I'm walking out the door, I was like, oh, let me look who this is. I was like, oh, my God, you do look kind of like me. I was like, they're going to have five million actors that look just like me. <laughs> I go to yeah. set. I mean, I go to uh, the audition. Audition. I feel like I left it there and I come back and I got the call. It was like, hey, uh, you're in the mix. Hey, you're sent to producers. Hey, you booked the job. So the job is with Ron Cephas Jones, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's how it all unfolded for me. In terms of time, how long did it take to go from, like, that email to your being on set in the clothes of Young Shreve? <laughs> I would say a week and a half. No, oh, wow. Because they were already in a yeah, they were in the process of maybe they had a couple of auditions before, but they mm-hmm. were already in the process of mm-hmm. like actively working. And maybe like I'm thinking the the writer got creative and was like, it'll be great to do a flashback. I don't know. But my audition process, I auditioned, got the email. Uh, sent it off. I mean, go audition, got the call probably the next Tuesday or Wednesday and was working probably like that next Monday or Friday. I have to look at the date. But yeah, it was it was a quick turnaround. Unlike Euphoria, it was a quick mm-hmm. turnaround. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Euphoria a moment later. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to mention that when I was watching the uh, Truth Be Told, I didn't know who you're playing. I was just kind of started watching and I I thought, hmm, he might be playing the younger version of Shreve. I was like, <laughs> kind of like on the back of my mind. Yeah, it would be, it would be nice. And then, oh my God, he does actually. <laughs> <like> <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's me, younger version. And you know, well, can't talk about that. Yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So let's te- teleport to Burbank because you know I live in Burbank and I. Like almost every, I don't know, every, every month or every week, there is like a shooting of the Euphoria at that uh-huh. Frank's restaurant, I think it's called, uh, or, or something like like like, the, yeah. like a diner. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. tell tell us about uh, your role in the Euphoria series. Euphoria was a weird type of uh, project for me personally, because mm-hmm. at the time I was just used to auditioning or going into audition and... You book it, you may not book it, great. So for me, Euphoria was a self-tape, meaning that you, you're you at home, you record it yourself, and you send it off. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, in, I'm in a Meisner, well, I was in a Meisner class at the time. Mm. And uh, my friend asked me to help him with his audition. And I was like, yeah, I got an audition to play a cop. He helped me. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we do the audition. I do mine, so he do his. And he's editing his, like, with a slate to do it. 
So he's like, yeah, I'm a uh, banana tag it. And I was like, banana tag it? What is that? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm a banana tag it. It means you know when the person opened your email. And I was like, okay, I'm a banana tag mine too. <laughs> so <laughs> I banana tagged my audition for the self-tape for Euphoria. Sent it mm-hmm. off. And I was like, okay. So when I sent it off, the next day, they opened the email. I was like, oh, they opened it. They're watching it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anything. I was like, well, guess I didn't get that. And at the time, I didn't even know it was Euphoria. I was, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. So I say about a week later, they opened my email again. And I was like, what is going on? This job is supposed to work next week. Maybe they're going to book me. So then I get a call uh, from my manager. Hey, um, so you're in the mix. You're pinned for you, the job euphoria. I was like, oh, yeah, the cop. I've been looking. They've been opening my email. He's like, how do you know that? I was like, long story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then uh, I was, the date was coming uh, like fast approaching for me to say when you work, the outside date. And let's say, for example, it's like, you're going to work the 20th through the 23rd. Mm. So once those dates pass, you go, oh, I didn't book the job. I was like, well, okay, I didn't get the job. I don't know what it was. Because at the time, Euphoria wasn't Euphoria. Yeah. It was, oh, Euphoria, whatever, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Months go by. And I was like, you know, I had completely forgot about the job because they didn't call me. It was mm-hmm. no, like, no word after me being pinned. So you automatically think that you're released. Months go by and I get an email alert. I was like, what is this? I was like, they opened my email again? What is going on? Maybe they're ac- accidentally, like, clicking on it or something. Mm-hmm. So I just ignored it. Later that day, opened my email again. I was like, oh, what's happening? And then I get a call from my agent. Hey, can you book? I mean, are you, you are available Friday? And it was like on a Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So you're working the show Euphoria on Friday. Oh, I booked it. Yeah. <laughs> Fast turnaround. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, that's how I booked it. And then the actual experience on set was a whole nother thing. Which if you want me to talk about, I can talk about that too. <laughs> yeah let's dive in sure what is it that you remember the most from the set that that stood out you know on set the director was pippa bianco uh you know normally when you do anything that you know they do your coverage they do my coverage they do the wide normally Mm -hmm. i was like okay that's a normal scene for uh whatever show or movie that you're doing Mm -hmm. uh pippa uh, like I told my friend before, I was like, they must have sent out a special memo saying, be super creative or allow your freedom to flow or whatever it was. Because <laughs> instead of my coverage, your coverage, everyone's coverage, they they will shoot my coverage coming down the stairs. Okay. Then they'll shoot my coverage coming up the stairs and delivering the line. And then they'll shoot my coverage swiping the screen, the camera deliver the line and then they'll reverse it and you're going like what is she doing like what is what is she trying to do she's done like at the time i was like she's being super uh creative and un like what is she doing like where where is she going with this Mm -hmm. come to find out 
she is actually like just being they just gave her the freedom to do whatever she's doing so for me it was like exciting it was like oh yeah i get to uh not say it a certain way or not do it a certain way but just to let it live in the moment that it's in oh wow yeah <laughs> it was a great experience i loved it actually and then the, like the things that came after you know zendaya winning um the whole cast being spotlighted it's just mm -hmm. yeah and even for me with the credit for me like i'm literally on one episode great episode because i'm in it but <laughs> <laughs> literally i'm on one episode and this one episode has opened so many doors for me along with wow. truth be told yeah mm-hmm so how how does it? Uh, what are those things that happen after it got popular? What those like little things or or the doors that you said opened for you after the show? I now have a fan base <laughs> on Euphoria, <laughs> nice. which is already like oh wait that's 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 cool. Um, I have a couple of opportunities that I can't talk about yet, okay. but uh, I just shot something because of euphoria yesterday which is going to be really really nice to look back at for me in my career nice uh, i've also booked several movies without auditioning mm -hmm. straight offer for a movie called monsters of california with uh, blink 182 wow yeah it's like tom DeLong is directing and i didn't have to audition <laughs> like the pitch <laughs> had euphoria in the credits and it's like yes we want him um <laughs> also uh stepmother two with marcus houston and chris stokes and then this new mm -hmm. one no way out so yeah it's, it's opened a lot of opportunities for me i love that credit <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy how there's such a seemingly a strange uh, audition and you know being cast on that show uh, led to so many opportunities and the fan base yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, do you yes, inter interact yes. with your fans a lot i do i try um like i feel like a lot of people reach out to me and until it gets overwhelming i'll sit there <laughs> and i'll type because at the end of the day it is part of the job and these are the people who help you stay where you're at and also get you to other places and i'm just mm -hmm. so grateful so yeah i try to like give attention to everyone that gives attention to me mm -hmm. there is this thing that happens with the musicians from um different countries like espa B uh, blackpink they're coming to like i, I heart radio they have a name for their fans <laughs> like they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah do, do do you have like a name for your fans how, how you call your fans or how they not, call themselves yeah you know. not yet mm -hmm. i need to do that um I don't know. Like, I like the code name Mr. Franklin 101. So <laughs> I would just take, yeah. I would give them my last name, the Franklin, you know. <laughs> like, little Franklins. <laughs> little Franklin. Like Little Monsters. Little Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah I, I have to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's a fun thing to do. So you, you mentioned um, acting classes, uh, Meisner, right? Mm -hmm. What are the most valuable lessons that you learned from acting classes? Well, I'm currently not in class. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been working, working, working a lot. So uh, I like to devote that time with my theme partner and not like 
split it between other things. Mm -hmm. So uh, I might jump in a six week workshop just to jump in and, you know, work a little while I'm working because it's, it's a process. Yeah. Uh, as far as what I, what I've taken from Meisner, because, you know, Meisner is three years. You know, you have your first year, second year, and your third year is Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, like, I, I, I did two years. <laughs> uh, but Meisner taught me to live in the moment. And I know that's a weird statement to say, but yeah. so many times we try to uh, define what a line supposed to be or, or like, craft specific actions that you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. If it's not in a script and you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do, live in a moment. If the, the director and your scene partner is on board for you guys to actually be able to play, I think that creates a wonderful environment to actually live in the moment. So for me, mm -hmm. I've taken, okay, yes, I've studied, yes, I've trained, yes, I've broken down <laughs> the character uh i know what my character wants i know you know what my character is living for and uh the lines are memorized let's just do it let's see what we do let's play with the material and you know when you're allowed to do that kind of thing uh you get some jewels and nuggets mm -hmm. that come out of the work yeah so yeah you're living your truth yes definitely living your truth live in your truth <laughs> in your truth yeah <laughs> yes, yes, yes. so you're like a Meisner dropout <laughs> I am <laughs> I am I need to go back for Shakespeare uh, Shakespeare is a yeah. wonderful technique to have are you and familiar with Stan Stanislavski the great Russian uh, actor yes. director yes <laughs> what, what is it it's Stanislavski Sanford Meisner and it's uh, uh, ooh, um, is it Stella uh, Adler? I was trying to say it, but I feel like her her isn't it a step before step? Well, yeah, I don't uh, know me, too much about it. <laughs> me as a Russian, I'd say that Stanislavski is the OG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Because he has that. all of the elements in in his training. As I was reading his books uh, in, in Russian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are yeah. you going to dive into acting as well? Uh, no, I'm not going to dive into acting at in the, in the moment. I'm focusing on the directing, writing my feature film, my my third feature film that I hope is going to be cheaper to produce this time. <laughs> it, it will be cheaper to produce this time. There you go. Yeah, because <laughs> I wrote several feature films and um, they're like $30 million <laughs> budget probably <laughs> to make. Wow. Yeah, now, uh, but I haven't, that's why they haven't been on the screen yet. So now I really want to write like a very simple story that you can shoot pretty much yourself because like even you write it, the most simple story, it still turns out to be expensive for some reason, you know, with all yeah. of these little things add up, like just lunch for 30 people crew is <laughs> already a big oh, budget wow, yeah. if you don't have a studio budget like uh -huh. TV shows that and everything else. Well, I'll support you. You let me know and I'll tap in as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> nice deal who is your favorite director that you worked with from the previous films that you did well I can't really say I have a favorite because mm -hmm. every director has taught me something yeah uh, if I was to recently check back to it would most likely be the last director I just did a, a TV series with 
Natalie Portman and Alma Harrell. Mm-hmm. And Alma Harrell is the director. And she is one of the most out-of-the-box, creative uh, directors I've seen. And I love Pippa, but uh, Alma was amazing to work with. Just her vision, her eye, her ideas. And you know how some directors just, I have a vision, and this is it. She has a vision, but she also leaves room for other voices in the room, which Mm. ultimately makes it an amazing project, I think. So, yeah, Yeah. Alma is amazing. She's an amazing director. Yeah, it reminds me of the story that Steven Spielberg was uh, uh, saying uh, in one of his interviews on on YouTube that Indiana Jones, there is this Mm -hmm. scene where um, Dr. Jones uh, is teaching a class and students are sitting and just admiring him. (laughs) And then there is this one girl who was sitting there and uh, she slowly closing her eyelids and then opening them. And there was a, a text written on her eyelids. I think it was, I love you like in like black marker or something uh-huh. and that little idea came from i think assistant director uh of the, the film so and spielberg really liked it and then they put it in the movie yeah you know and and i remember the scene because it was so so interesting that so funny that little moment mm-hmm. but yeah it and is a collaboration yeah definitely those type of moments i think that makes a great project because you allow space for people to also be creative with you yeah. So feature films versus uh, TV shows. What do you think, uh, which is better as a job? And uh, what do you think is the future? <laughs> well, I did Stump the Yard, which is a full feature film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Atlanta for almost three months. And it was consistent work. It was tough on the body because I was also stepping. Uh, I did have a great time. It was a great experience with the people that I was working with. Mm-hmm. But if I had my choice as of now, which will change, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the TV show experience because it, it movies have a beginning and an end usually. Mm-hmm. Like it starts like this and it ends like this. And it may go on to like two more sequels, but it starts like this and ends like this. And with a TV show, you have the day in the life of that character and the things that they go through life learning or, you know, being punished by or powers growing or whatever it is. So for me, uh, at this point, TV shows. I like TV shows. And it's Mm -hmm. consistent work. But um, a good movie feature film would be great as well when it's like, okay, it's like a play. It's like, I'm going to jump in this play. I'm going to jump in this feature film. I'm going to mm-hmm. live, die, and be done. And you move forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, don't don't you afraid to, like, uh, uh, get stuck on, like, one TV show that is going, like, season after season for, like, 12, 15 years? Woo! See, and that's the downside. Uh, I wouldn't mind it because after the 12th season, I, I will be a multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I will know yeah. that character like a brother. But no. Uh, no, it's not a fear, only because I feel like everybody's path is different. So say, for instance, you do get stuck on a show for 
like what was the, the guys from Supernatural? I think they went mm-hmm. like almost, I don't know, a crazy amount of uh, years and seasons. They are leaving that and they're not stuck in the character. Mm-hmm. But okay, say for example, you're Urkel and you're stuck at being Urkel for a certain amount of time. Like, you know, he had to literally take a break to break that character to restart. You know, everybody's past. Everyone's past is different. So I wouldn't be yeah. afraid of it. I would just assume that's the path that God has set for me. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. Other actors uh, that you admire that, or the ones that actually inspired you to uh, to start this career? Denzel Washington. Denzel <laughs> 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 uh, Washington, um, Sidney Poitier. My mom would play his movies, black and white. Oh, wow. In the Heat of the Night. My mom, she was like, oh, maybe that's what inspired my acting career. You know, I'm thinking mm. it's X-Men and she showed me this. Uh, but yeah, um, Denzel Washington, Sidney Poitier. Uh, yeah, the Sidney Poitier, I just watched the documentary uh, about him. Uh, it's amazing, you know, the, his life and how it started and where it led to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And you were like the first. I mean, you have Hattie McDaniel, but you were like black male lead in the time where a lot of characters for black people were, you know, slaves or uh, butlers mm. or dancer kind of style, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there like a dream role that you want to play in a movie or a TV show? Like a character, a dream character, I guess. Dream character for me is Blue Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) It's Blue Marvel in in the Marvel Universe as a younger version, as an older version, as the version. I would love for Sarah Finn to hire me to play (laughs) Blue Marvel with Kevin Feige. Yeah. All right. That, dream job. Everyone right. who listens to this episode, take a note. Blue Marvel. Yes. Michael Blue Franklin. Marvel. Don't look any further. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's me. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I would love that. Nice. So I want to challenge your creativity a little bit. Oh. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing serious. Is the question that I ask every guest that I have and is this. If you were an extraterrestrial from, you know, a perfect world with everything is in harmony, and now you visit our world with all of its issues and, you know, what would be the one thing that you would fix? Okay, so as an extraterrestrial, fixing the world, one thing, because there's several things you can say, okay, what I would fix is I would break down the divide between color and ethnicity mm-hmm. and race and I would unite everyone as one people because yeah. if everyone considers itself as one uh, species and not you're black, I'm white, she's Latina or you're from Asia, I'm from Africa, you're from the United States. If we get rid of those lines and we say we're one people, there's still going to be certain problems, of course, 
but I think that we'll be more apt to uh, help each other and it eliminate a lot of the other things that come with racial divide as far as racism or brutality in certain, you know, uh, forms with uh, unarmed black man being killed, you know, like yeah. there's certain, yeah. certain things that I think that would eliminate as an extraterrestrial. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll use some, um, blue Marvel powers. <laughs> <laughs> so phase on. Yes. Yeah. I love blue Marvel. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. You got to check him out. I promise. He's, he's a dope, dope character for Marvel. He's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Maybe I'll visit my local, uh, comic book store. Are you, are you yeah. a fan of comic books? I am. I am. Um, I couldn't tell you anything as of new, but yeah. uh, the old comic books, definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially if they have anything to do with X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, you know, that's interesting. For me, it's a, it's a new world because I come from Russia. It's it's not like popular. There's not like a culture community around comic books. And then when I came here and I, uh, later I discovered that, that world, there was like little comic book stores everywhere and there's the whole uh-huh. community of people there and yeah there's lots of interesting things because i always thought comic books were just for kids you know like some mickey mouse or something like that and i didn't know there's like so many different types of uh comic books yeah yeah yes comic-con i'm sure makes millions of dollars <laughs> because <laughs> there's so many people involved with comic books in america it's it's, it's crazy did you get a so, chance to be at Comic Con as as a guest? I mean, as a just a visitor, I guess. No, um, I got invited one year mm-hmm. uh, by a friend, and then my friend is the Green Ranger from mm-hmm. the Power Rangers. Nice. So he goes, like, "Go, go, Power Rangers!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's the Green Ranger, so he goes every year. He talks about Comic Con, um, but I haven't haven't been able to go. I would love to be like if it was perfect time, perfect space to just go and just see all the like different characters and people dressed up. That's an, mm. I'm sure amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Is there any film festivals that you visited or like film events or anything related to celebrating films that you've uh, attended before that stand out? Um, I just actually uh, attended a. Well, I wouldn't call it an event, but mm-hmm. um, I guess a gathering for blackfilm.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it, it's just a celebration. I mean, and we are in Black History Month, but it's a celebration yeah. for uh, the different black producers and creators and directors who are now starting to make headway. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Are there any films that you would recommend uh, to check out? I'm probably the most horrible person at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can scratch that. <laughs> no, because no, I might have, because I watched What's Love Got to Do With It uh, with Angela Bassett, Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy uh-huh. and Arsenio yeah. Hall, um, Cadillac Records with Beyonce. Like, I might mm-hmm. be a little mm-hmm. bit early in it. And then if I was to take it back to Sydney Portier, be like In the Heat of the Night or, you mm-hmm. know, those type of movies. Or uh, anything with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm probably the worst person for that. But I have a couple of selections of my own. Uh, I'm, my, my, one of my favorite films, you know, it's funny. 
that this movie actually in some way inspired me to come to America and this movie is coming to America with yeah. Eddie Murphy <laughs> yeah. and Arsenio Hall. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, coming to America. Good morning, Hello. my neighbors! Shut up! <laughs> yes! Yes! They love me! You too! <laughs> yes! I love coming to America, yeah, yeah. That that's one yeah. of my mom's favorites as well. That one and mm. Five Heartbeats, like yeah. black cinema, black films, uh, mm -hmm. even just films in general. Like my mom would absorb them, and she would yeah. throw them my way. <laughs> nice, so, nice. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> and I watched this movie probably like twenty times, I think. And uh, like half of that, I watched it in Russian. Imagine watching it dubbed in Russian, so like, <laughs> it's oh, like, like a, a Russian too. voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Harlem. Yeah, I, I can actually yeah. say it if you want, if you want to hear like the Russian version of that scene. I think I still remember yes, it. Yeah, I want to hear it. Uh, Dobre utro, соседи, and then yeah. someone uh, screams, <laughs> "Пошел в жопу!" Yes, и вы идите тоже. I need to learn that. that yeah, 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 that is amazing. That and would it be sounds funny, like it, it sounds just the same. Yeah, like mm -hmm, it sounds. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oof. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to add? Anything that you want to say or promote? You know, do you have a new book coming out? <laughs> a new movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I, I do have a movie coming out um, called No Way Out, and it's coming to Tubi. And if you just want to revisit some of my work, you can go back to Tubi as well and look up Stepmother 2. Uh, there's a very, very, very funny scene. Let's see if you get to it when you find me. And then, <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, just, you know, follow me on Instagram, Mr. Franklin 101, and say hi. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're going to add it to all the links to what you just uh, said. I'm going to add it to show notes. So everyone can just go there and uh, check Mr. Franklin's work. <laughs> Aye, yeah, check me out, <laughs> All right. And um, every interview and the episode that we have at Rumiki Talks, I end with uh, this question, the obsession of the week. It could be anything. You know, postcards, comic books, gym equipment. You know, for example, for me this week, it's the Meister Athletic Tape. I don't know whether you heard it. It's like a tape that you put around uh, pull-up bars or barbells so you, uh, ha uh -huh. you have a good grip on your hands. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And I got yeah, it for yeah. my pull-up bar. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> obsessed with it. It's so good. <laughs> it supports your uh, wrists, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't put it on the wrist. I just put it on the bar itself. So I have like oh. a stronger grip. It doesn't slide down because my fingers tend ah. to slide. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, I'm obsessed with a cartoon right now, an animation, mm. which is so funny. And so like, like, I don't know who the writers are. I need to check it out. Cause, but I've, I've watched, I say 15 episodes already. Just, I think it's 15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Vox Machina on amazon oh. yeah the, and it's it's you have to watch it it's funny and it's surreal and you like wait i can't believe they wrote that in there <laughs> you have to watch that i'm obsessed with it right now and i'm waiting for the 
last two episodes to come out. Yeah, I actually heard of it and I uh, I wanted to check it out as well. Yes, it's the keeper. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, oh my god, when did it come out? <laughs> when is the next nah. episode? <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Franklin, Michael Franklin, for tuning in and having a conversation with me today. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for having me. I had a great time, and this was a wonderful chat. It gave me a chance to like really reflect on some of the things that are coming and happening, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And everyone, please go check out all the links that we talked about today and make sure to support Mr. Franklin on social media by liking his posts, commenting on them, and buying whatever movies that he made. Yes! (laughs) Please. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Rumike Talks Podcast. You can find the show notes at rumike.com. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. My producing partner, Rumena Dinevska. See ya.